This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. And it's Saturday afternoon, a rare Saturday afternoon recording for us. We've had a Saturday off and it feels actually quite good as we're sitting here in front of Stelling, watching the results come in after uh, doing another cheat-along earlier this morning, watching the Swansea versus Luton game as we all zoomed that up as well, which was uh, sort of quite a good fun. Actually, it was quite good just chatting everybody, having a bit of a beer. Result didn't quite go the way that we wanted to, but still... It was good to uh, kind of sort of kind of virtually get together with characters. So that's three times that we've uh, we've seen Swansea in a week. And uh, I mean, if they're any Swansea fans listening to this, they probably think they're actually uh, we're getting obsessed by them. But it's not at all. I think it's it's all in the all in the name of research, as it is. My name's Billy Grant, and I'm sitting here in the virtual joint with my chums on a Saturday afternoon. And we should have been on the terraces now, but we're not. Uh, but it doesn't matter because we're on our own terraces in our front rooms and our living rooms and our bedrooms and stuff. And I'm here with the lady man. How are you? I'm all right, thank you, Bill. Yes, uh, as you say, uh, very odd being here on a Saturday afternoon when we're normally at football. But uh, yeah, it's uh, there's lo- lots to talk about, and uh, another game gone, and another game closer to finding out what the bloody hell is going to happen this season. The, uh, the 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 answer to all our uh, all our prayers and questions. Definitely the answer to all the prayers and questions and talking about what the bloody hell is going on as I'm sitting here and Barnsley have just lofted a free kick into the area and scored a third goal and they're actually gone ahead against the Muff and the Muff, the wheels are definitely falling off on the Muff, aren't they, the Allard in the house here? The Allard, how are you? They are, yeah. Um, Reading have just also equalised. Um, I, at what point do we start worrying about Barnsley? Well, I, I, I think I think, <laughs> I think we start worrying about them if we stop lo- we start losing matches, and it looks like we're going to either meet them in the playoffs 
or uh, if they just continue to win more matches and we lose matches and we don't get that second spot you know what I'm saying but we can't worry about them because we've just got to worry about our own selves if we continue to do what we're doing and we're going to talk about this a little bit later how everyone can have a little bit of a chill pill on uh, on, on, on how Brentford are getting on because I know there's a lot of people being very frustrated at the moment now but we had a little exercise a little bit earlier today which I think has kind of relaxed a lot of people in their thoughts on this season isn't it the Allied because I know that you were scribbling away earlier weren't you I have had a scribble at it, yep, and um, I don't know, I'm not sure my results um, will help me relax, to be honest, <laughs> but but I, I, I think I did sort of, I, to, I was kind of like trying to work out, and we'll go into this a bit more, but I was trying to work out all the results for the last sort of section of games of the season, um, and um, I, I think it was the last game where I was really like hovering over what I was going to put the, the away to Bristol City game. And um, I, I probably went with, um, if I put this, then it will make me you know, feel better if it does happen, because anyway, so we'll, we'll, we'll was talk it, about it more. I didn't, I didn't partake in it, because I was busy this morning, but it's, it's like the ultimate Brentford Acker, isn't it? It's like you have to, you have to guess every, every result for the rest of the season to see, see what, what game we fail. Yeah, we talk, I mean, again, we'll talk about it a little bit later because we've got all the facts and the figures. Ah, from it, we like we've, got, we've, got, we've, got a, we've got a section, yeah. Bill. We've got we've a section. Got a little, we've got a little section. But basically what we've asked everyone to do is we've asked everyone to, uh, to predict what the result will be. Not the, not, the, not, not the score or anything else, or not anybody else's, not your opposition score, but what the result will be for the Brentford's last 11 games. Then you can top up the points and then looking at historical and what the statisticians are saying you can roughly say where or whereabouts we're going to be and possibly whether or not we will make that automatic second spot or not so it's very very interesting but we'll talk about that a little bit later I, well, I, I will say, Dave, there were there were a couple of flaws. I thought just some feedback for Bill, um, in that you, you is that is that you had to actually predict each sort of each not result, yeah, each result, not score, but result, and then it didn't add itself up. So you then had to go back and uh, work out how many wins you put, rather than there was. Oh, it's not I mean, been funny you know. since he got his hypnotism and stuff. He's, he's lost he's lost the bloody plot, this boy. Uh, I, I have to admit, though, you know, I did realise that there was a uh, there was quite a few mechanicals that were going on there in the fact that people had to. Do do things manually um, and yes people had to put their scores in and then they had to go in and add up how many wins they got how many draws they got then add up how many points that would total and then total up how the points that was so yes that had to be done but the only reason why that is is because it was done on a google form very early in the morning because i got up very early this morning about, about six six o'clock or five thirty or something ridiculous thinking hey we won and i'm very excited and i thought tell you something let me just knock this up so i knocked it up very early and rather than doing like the spreadsheet winker would do and do a whole computer program because you know I wasn't a programmer back in my day but I thought no let me just make it really simple because surely the posse can add up very simply but the funny thing about it is that as I looked at the two pie charts at the end and we'll talk about this later you can see that people can't even add up <laughs> they can't even add up the sort of 66 plus 22 74% oh, 74%. 74% one person and us having about 117 points or something <laughs> ridiculous so did, was, uh, Matt was he was he trying to like shoehorn some money out of you for this as well is it some sort of upselling <laughs> like pyramid sales kind of thing yeah, he, he, he hasn't done that yet but maybe that will follow um, it, it, it certainly mm. I mean it's, you, you can blatantly cheat at, at this game there's no doubt about that and mm. I, I don't know if he's going to be able to lock it out or whether people are going to be going back in in retrospect and changing their predictions I got I got a feeling he just needs to pay off his therapist and this is a, some sort of money money ruse mm. yeah, listen if there's anything like football index what I'm going to do is I'm going to get you all in rather early take all your money really quickly and then when nobody else comes in it'll go 
to pot and you you never find me again because I'll be out there in in in, in Brazil somewhere with uh, Brazil well, with, oh, okay. yeah well, well with, with the people that go over to Brazil when they when they go and escond with lots of money but anyway it's not true but anyway listen we've deviated quite a lot because uh, we actually need to talk about the match that we won on Friday night it was live on Sky TV as the mighty mighty bees played Blackburn Rovers and um, we don't actually do too well up at Blackburn Rovers we haven't won there too many times but we actually got a victory on Friday night it was very good it was very nice we're going to go away have a little bit of break and then we're going to come back after that we'll talk about the win at Blackburn Blackburn Rovers the match which saw Janelt and Norgard partnering up in the midfield it was the big question that we'd been asking for weeks, you know what I'm saying? It was, a, I mean, it was just, it was a big one. And uh, I think in last week's podcast, we did the prediction where we thought, actually, it looks like that these two guys are going to play together because <laughs> we haven't got much choice. No, 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 because it had to be done. And uh, at the end of the day, it, it worked out all right, didn't it, the Allard? Um, yeah, it did. I mean, I, I, you probably remember, I, I haven't been involved in the conversation on the podcast in the last week or two, but um, I think we have spoken about it um, in recent times and I've been on. Originally, going back Christmas time, when we looked like the best team in the league, it wasn't something I was sold on because I just thought it would potentially mean that we would have less creative players in the top half of the pitch. But, what, but as we've been in this, and it has, let's be honest, there's been a dip in performance and it's probably running quite you know, probably running a couple of months now where we're just not playing like we were before. We can't. We, we seem incapable of controlling games. And I think this is partly down to the pitch, although I know there's all the arguments about both teams playing on the same pitch. But nevertheless, I think it is down to that. I think it actually, you know, it became really clear in my mind that we didn't have many options but than to try this. Um, and it did work out. And it, and it worked out exactly as was planned because it was clear that we didn't really fancy the pitch and um, we decided we were going to go long and you push Jan out up the pitch and suddenly you've got a man who can win second balls because you can't re- the ball's not going to stick to Tony it comes off his head, it comes off his chest it comes off all parts of his body he's very good at getting to the ball first but getting it to a, one of our players you know that, that, that's really hard to do so what happened was was that you know, there were lots of 50-50 balls and Jan out was in there and he gave us a lot more in, in that situation than say Godos would have or Marcondes who would have been the other option I think for me it was... Uh... The, the biggest plus point was the fact that it didn't not work out that, that was I think that was the biggest fear was that we trying to work out you know Yanel certainly didn't need didn't deserve to be dropped or, or miss out on game time because of uh, you know the, the return of the prodigal son so it, it, it was important that if Yanel wanted to play uh, and you know he didn't he wasn't injured or didn't need to be rested he did, we, we need to we need to keep him in there because you know he's one of the highest performers Performers, his standards have been sort of impeccable throughout the whole campaign. Um, so I think that can only improve. You know, I, I, don't, I don't. I think it started. I think I think Brentford first half were were very good. Um, second half, I think we rode our luck at times. I think you know the pitch did come into play. If anyone listened to Ivan Tony speaking after the match when he picked his man in the match award up, he mentioned the pitch four or five times. And uh, you know, the the conditions are. Are something that we just don't see sat in our sat in our sort of armchairs or our sofas watching it uh, on Sky. It's something we, we just can't we can't even get our heads around. So uh, yeah, I, I, th- I think as I said, it, it's important that it didn't fail. So I think we can only get better uh, with Yanel and uh, Norgard playing together. 
I mean, talking about the pitch, talking about the conditions. I mean, it's interesting because, you know, we had a big conversation after the match. Normally after the match, if Brentford win, there's a lot of happiness with characters. And uh, like I said to you, they're very, very, very happy because we, we won the match. And uh, some people are saying, I feel a little bit deflated. And the reason why I feel a little bit deflated is because, well, the mighty, mighty bees haven't played the style of football that we know they should play and we actually went a lot longer than uh, longer than we normally would do we we played the ball long um i mean not, not all the time but we played the ball long you know we were trying to get the ball up front to tony very quickly and 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 basically starting attacks that way and uh, that was very different we got the result out of it you could say in a way it worked but also i mean there was a there's probably a reason for the longness wasn't there the allard there was, and it, and it is down to the pitch. There's a, there's on, on the, if I can just digress a little bit, but but there is a point to this. Um, not on the not the top twenty podcast a week or two ago, they had Jed Wallace, the Millwall player, on it. Now Jed Wallace said that um, Millwall, I think it was at Reading, they they try. I mean, let's be honest, we all know Millwall. They don't really try and play the ball much with the ball much. But even he said at half time they decided they were going to have to go long, um, and they brought. Um, the big guy, what's his name? Is it Taylor? Um, Matt, sorry, Matt Smith. They brought Matt Smith on and just went long to him because they couldn't play on the pitch. And that's even with the limited amount of football that Millwall normally play. So you can imagine how much it can, must be affecting us because we play, you know, we want the pitch like a carpet is the way we play football. So yes, the pitches are making a big, big issue for us at the moment and it was really good to see that we actually had and it was a proper plan b i don't think we've played long like that since probably rosler was manager in in, in a 90 minute game I, I honestly don't we i know we've done it a few times at with 30 minutes to go or whatever but but we haven't approached a game like that in probably six or seven years to play that direct <laughs> i thought you were going to say phil holder <laughs> <laughs> i think that well it wasn't quite phil holder-esque um, you know, there was a bit more to it than that, but but you know what I mean. It's it's it, we, we haven't seen us play that way for many a long time. So for me, it, it's kind of like um, we we won, and and you know, for the vast majority of people, that's like that's the first tick. Then the second tick is we won and um, with a clean sheet. Yeah, tick tick. And did we play the best football in the whole world as well? No, we probably didn't do that one. But you know, we've seen in, in in seasons gone by that you know the the pretty expansive, beautiful football um, it comes with flaws sometimes. And uh, unless you are Man City, which everyone every club in the world apart from Man City isn't, um, or Barcelona under Pep Guardiola from about six years ago, then you know you're 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 kind of you're. you're you, you're kind of like sometimes you flatter to deceive, and we, I think we have realised that you know, Bill, you've said it a few times this season that sometimes we're getting points in games that we would have got nothing from last year, and sometimes we're getting wins where we would have got draws, and and that's because we 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 are a little bit more clever, I think, and and I think you know the the pretty pretty stuff was a bit naive at times and that's not to say we won't go back to that but not at this stage of the season you know the result is pretty much the be all and end all and it set, it set up our weekend didn't it I, I think I think just to carry on um, with, with Dave's point is that I, I think if we'd have approached the Coventry game like that um, or 
we'd have had the personnel to be able to do it. I think it would have been a completely different game. And I think at the moment, although I don't think this is a blueprint for the future of the club, um, and it might not even be a blueprint for the rest of the season, um, I think it probably is a blueprint for games on ship pitches in the next few weeks. Definitely. And just, I mean, talking about the figures and the stats on this one, um, Brentford 2.04 to the 0.60 was the XG for Blackburn. Basically, Blackburn just did not create very much at all. We obviously had the penalty, which is 77%, which is 0.77. But other than that, we had two big chances. Well, one big, big chance, which was uh, Marcus Force, who probably should have been done better. That was 50%, 0.50 on the XG on that. Also, we had um, Pinnock had a couple of chances very late on in the area as well, which were about 20%, but he should have scored those as well. Um, the spreadsheet winker is the man, as you know, who normally does the stats for us. But as you probably do know, his girlfriend was a Blackburn fan and after winning the match and him jumping around on his bed and taking his clothes off and being naked and running around you know campus with no clothes on and stuff like that he's been banned so he's not allowed on the podcast today but what we're going to try and do we're going to try and see if he could probably sneak out of the house because he's under house arrest from the Blackburn supporting (laughs) girlfriend at the moment now sneak out of the house and see if he can record us a little clip and if he does that what he'll do is we'll re-upload that to this podcast. So what you need to do is delete the podcast probably on Sunday evening, re-upload it again on Sunday evening, and you should have the spreadsheet winker on your podcast. because that's So he'll, he'll pop out for some milk at some stage over the weekend. That's right, exactly what he's going to do. And uh, <laughs> fair play to him. But anyway, you know, looking at that match, you know, and looking at what we were poor, what we were good at, you know, we created a high number of chances relative to our possession. We stole the ball from the opposition a lot. We were effective at creating goal-scoring opportunities through individual skill. Unfortunately, we weren't great at finishing. We were aggressive. We lost possession often, and we were caught offside often. Blackburn didn't have any significant strengths in that game. Poor at finishing, aggressive, gave away free kicks around the box, were caught side off, offside often. Um, you know, they played down the wide, you know, down the right-hand side, dominate possession and favoured through balls, but it didn't really do that much for them. And Blackburn Rovers, I mean, in patches, you could see that they've got some good players, but all in all, uh, they weren't great. And maybe again, you know, we've seen what it's like, you know, they played three games in, in seven days, is it? Seven or eight days, and, and maybe it just probably took a bit of a toll, especially on that heavy pitch, didn't it, the Alarm? Oh, don't, sorry, he's butt in. Don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but last-minute Watford winner oh. at Cardiff. Oh, dear. Okay. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't, a, I mean, it wasn't a dodgy penalty. Adam, um, Adam but, Messina. But, yeah, that's, um, yeah it, it was a, a free kick that just basically went in. The goalkeeper sort of flapped at it. And, um, yeah. Um, yeah, so Blackburn, yeah, that essentially, I think it probably did catch up with them. I mean, he, he brought fresh legs on at half-time, which tells a story, doesn't it? You know, they weren't that they weren't really in the game in the first half. I thought they were a bit better in the second half. Um, and in fact, they sort of, I mean, it's very unusual, isn't it, seeing a team playing more football than us. Um, but that's exactly what Blackburn did in the second half. They didn't really create sort of golden opportunities, but the ball did buzz across our goal mouth a couple of times. Um, and, you know, if, if they'd maybe have had, had someone in there, we could, it could have caused us a lot Definitely. more problems. I mean, let's, let's talk about this because, you know, that game... Listen, in effect, we did what we had to do. I mean, we're talking about the style of football. Um, we're talking about the fact that, you know, not being funny, we've, how many times have we been up to Blackburn and lost? We've, we've been playing some fantastic football. I remember there's one game we went up there, I think we played in the brown shirt that year, quite early in the season, and they just lobbed, they, they, won, they got an early goal, 
lobbed the ball in, played it high, got the 1-0 and then just basically just ground it out. And they do that to us quite a lot. And even Mowbray before the match says, you know, we've had a record of getting some good results against Brentford. So he was confident. So it was it was a case of getting the result that we just needed to get. And no, the football wasn't necessarily pretty. You know, uh, we were, you know, probably quite functional to a certain extent, even, even though I think functional is probably doesn't do due respect to what they do. I think they probably play the game that they had to do to, to win the match. And I must admit, I was sitting there and I was a little bit nervous at times, only because I was thinking we have to win this now, even though I said we didn't have to last week. Um, but especially when we won up quite early, we've got to win this match. And I was really nervous about us letting in a goal and then you know losing two points because that's like a big thing if you if you're in, if you've got three points in your hand and that comes down to one that's a really big thing in the game when you're actually trying to you know get to that automatic promotion spot so for me i was just in my head was thinking just anything any let's just whichever way we can do it and i'm thinking again for this next 11 matches we definitely need to just do what we have to do to grind it out and you can see how people will moan against swansea and I've mentioned them, I mentioned them in a purely professional way, in the fact that, you know, they are grinding out and doing what they have to do. I mean, they got a result here against Luton, which I thought they were very lucky to get that result. Luton weren't great at finishing, but still they had a lot of opportunities um, to, to go to, to go ahead. And Swansea had very little, you know, but they got the goal in the third minute and they did what they had to do. And they just ground it out and they got the result yet again. And some people will turn around and say to you, well, that's just the way that you have to do it, even though they do do a little bit of extracurricular, not very... Um, yes, anyway, we won't talk about that. But don't, 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 don't you see that now? I mean, we, we, we do have a tendency to be a little bit purist in our thoughts and the way we go about our business, don't you think? It's 100%. And, you know, the, the result given you know exactly how the other two results have gone you know we're five o'clock now on a Saturday and Watford and Swansea have won and um, we won if we'd have dropped points yesterday we would have been really quite dejected now and we would have felt we were out out of it we wouldn't have been but we would have felt like you know it's gone it's beyond us so uh, we we, surely one result over the weekend is going to go our way and Norwich play tomorrow I believe so maybe maybe they'll 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 drop points there but you know it, it literally is you know three points keeps us in the game we're fourth now where we were second that can that can turn the results aren't always going to go against us and then all you know all all four of those top four aren't going to win but we have to be close enough to pounce when when someone slips up so yeah the 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 result was all that really mattered and I, personally I haven't got a lot of appetite for kind of being hypercritical on the, the the prettiness of what we did the result yesterday could have gone against us you know you know the Bradley Dack and um David Raya uh shoulder to shoulder the, uh, and you know it was it was a bit freaky um, but some of those, some of some of those kind of things have gone against us, where that would that could have ended up being a penalty. It wasn't a penalty, but you know that that could have been like a completely and utterly wild card. And the Mazbek Sorensen challenge that wasn't given as a pen, other 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 referees might have seen it differently. Um, you know, I, I think that challenge anywhere else on the anywhere else on the pitch, I think it's fifty fifty. Um, but. You know, it, it could have been punished. So we kind of literally, we, we rode our luck a little bit at times and they had a couple of chances. They had a couple of weak shots that Raya, that he, you know, he coped with quite easily. 
Um, so yeah, we're basically we, we've kept our noses in it this weekend, and that's really all that matters. So, so you know, listen, we totally and utterly kept our noses in it, and I tell you who's going to keep his nose in it as well is JB because JB's going to give us a bit of facts and a bit of funk. The fact that we've got 66 points actually points to a few things as well. So JB, let's go over to his facts and his funk. Jonathan Virtual here again. The three points from Blackburn takes us to 66 points, which is already better than three of our season's final totals in the championship. The 64 in 2016-17 and 18-19, and the 65 of 2015-16. It was our ninth away win of the season, and to achieve this by game 35 is the best we've had in our championship seasons, and as many as we had back in the 13-14 promotion season. Only once in our league history have we had 10 by this stage. And that was in the 32-33 promotion season. Ivan Tony has now scored his sixth penalty of the season. The last time a single player scored six successful penalties in an entire season was Paul Evans back in 2001-2. The record by one player is the eight scored in 1982-83 by Stan Bowles. So there you go, Jonathan Birchall, JB. And he always gets you up when you're feeling a little bit dejected when Watford score a last-minute goal and Swansea score a goal in the third minute and manage to keep all the rest of the shots out and Barnsley comes storming again. You know, Actually, the one good thing about today, I think, was actually Middlesbrough 3, Stoke nil. And you think, why, why is that? Because they're out of the race. Because it's not that. Because Middlesbrough, you want them to start causing problems for all sorts of characters. And they've got to play Watford in a few weeks' time. And the fact is that if they can actually pull that out the hat, because they were faltering quite a bit. I'd like to think that they'd give a few teams a few problems. So uh, fair play to Borough. You know, they didn't quite do it against Swansea, even though they did have the, <laughs> the help of the ref last week. But hopefully they can come back and maybe do us a favour against Watford in a few weeks. But JB, basically he's reminding us that we have got 66 points now, which is better than three of our previous six championships that we've actually been in for the whole season. You know, so... Uh, it's, it's not all that bad. And also, uh, we're very good away from home because we haven't won as many away from home as, as uh, well, won a lot away from home. So let's just start keeping it positive and let's start keeping it up. But what I want to do is I just want to sort of kind of draw your mind to, to, to this little kind of little bit of fun that we had, you know. If, you know, you win a match, you get up the next morning, everyone's discussing it, and then everyone's w- trying to work out the permutations. Are we going to win? Are we not going to win? Oh, what's going on? Oh, I've got no idea. So, like I said, I got up and I just sort of did this little form and I sent it out to characters, you know, sort of. And it's like I said, totally unscientific. We said, tell you something, why don't you do this? Try and predict the score, not the score, but the result of the last 11 Brentford games. And I, I, I say to anybody else out there, just do this as well. You do the same thing because it might make you feel a lot better. Try and predict the result. It's easy when you do the result, it's either win, draw, or lose. Add up the points that you're going to get, and then basically that number will kind of pit you in a particular area. So, there we go. For the record, in 2019, so last season, Leeds finished first on 93 points, West Brom second on 83, and Brentford third on 81. 
in the year before, Norwich, 94, they finished first. Sheffield United, 89, Leeds, 83. So you can see last season was actually fairly low. Leeds were up there, but up at second place with 83 points. Before that, Wolves, 99, which is very high. Then Cardiff on 90, which is pretty high as well. And Fulham on 88. So that was quite a high scoring uh, season. Then Villa were after that on 83. Before that, Newcastle, 94. Brighton, 93. Reading, 85. Then before that, Burnley, 93. Borough, 89. Brighton 89 and the, the year that we got to the to the playoffs Muff got 90 Watford got 89 Norwich got 86 then Borough were fourth of 85 we were fifth of 78 and Ipswich on 78 so it gives you an idea where we were so um, at this current time actually more well, not now because the games are just finished but as of last night 538 had the following predictions with Norwich getting 95 points first place Brentford finishing second on 86 is the prediction. Watford, 84 points, finishing third. Watford, 83 points, finishing fourth. Barnsley, 75 points, finishing fifth. Reading, 75 points, finishing sixth. And Muff, finishing on 73 points um, and seventh. That may now change because, like I say, the games have just happened and just finished. And we might maybe just add that at the end. Maybe it just depends on how that goes. So what we said to you, Brentford currently 66 points, 11 games to go. I took a bit of an average of the previous six seasons and basically it meant that roughly 89 point average would get you to second place. Took at the points over the last six seasons, so 89 would get you a second place. If you compare that to what 538 has predicted this season, they've said 86 points will get you second place. Even 85, actually, they said will get you second place because between Watford on 84 and us on 86. So 85, 86. But call it 86 points will get you second place. So the average is saying 89. Uh, 538 is saying 86 points will get second place. Um, so, I mean, my prediction is saying that 88 points will get you second place probably this season. And uh, maybe even 87 might do as well. And as 536, maybe 86 might do as well. Of course, the team could go on a run and win all their matches and they'll be completely different. So anyway, so that went out there and uh, we put the results. So we put the out to the posse out there and they came back and they all came back thinking, cool, blimey. I feel a lot better now and, and like I said to you the Allard I mean you were you were trying to do it sit on the fence a little bit but didn't you feel a little bit better after doing that I think you do you you basically because I think the problem is is that you feel like at the moment especially with Swansea and Watford today that you have to win all of the rest of the games of the season um, and there's a there's a chance they won't win all they will win also win all of the rest of the games of the season in which case you know they'll they'll potentially finish above us if it, uh, or at least Swansea will. So do you know what I mean? You you, you really sort of think, you, you feel like, until you start breaking it down a bit and looking at the numbers, you, you feel like you're under pressure to win every single game. But there will be games when these two teams will slip up. I'm far more worried about Watford because they're just starting to get a, you know, a, bit, of, a bit of steam going. Um, it'd be interesting to look at the game and how it actually played out and, and how well they played. But, but, but it isn't, you know... I don't believe any of the three teams, us, them or Swansea, are going to win 10 games. It's not going to happen, is it? So you just have to sort of, you know, you just have to almost take it week by week. Kind of just look at it every week. You kind of have to hope we, for me, you just need to stay within three or four points of those two teams until you go into the last three or four games. And then that's when the pressure really hits. And then you'll find out whether we'll come out of that best or not. Yeah. I have to. I have to agree with with all of that. It's it, it, you just need. We just need to keep ourselves, as I said earlier, just kind of like in it on a week by week basis. I, I think. I think it's really interesting to to listen to the stats bill and, and to see in previous seasons what you needed to get to get where. 
Um, but each each season is so different in 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 its in its kind of like you know the way it organically develops. You know, so I I, I just I think that Swansea now have got two incredibly difficult games. You've got Bournemouth and Cardiff now. That's what they've got in their next two matches. Um, our games on paper are just are just that that marginally bit easier. So you know we, we we have to be looking to be beating Forest and Derby in in, a, in the next in the next two games, you know easier said than done. But I'd rather take the games that we've got than the games they've got. That's for sure. Uh, so, and you're hoping that the you know Norwich and and Watford they 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 balls up as well. So interesting. I mean, I know you're saying okay, we've got Derby and we've got Forest um, next. Who are teams who are in the lower reaches of the division? Um, you know, but again, this is a this is a tight division, man. You know, and anything can happen, as they say, and it's such a cliche, but it's true. So, in me doing this um, and I'm putting it together, and like I said to you, I didn't try and calculate anything. I just looked at results as the games came one by one, and I went, you know, Derby, and I put my res- my, my my result in, and I put you know Forest in, I put my result in, and at the end, I added it, it all up, and I, and I went, oh, because it's quite surprising. And I have to tell you, I didn't put us down to beat Derby. I didn't put us down to beat Cardiff. I didn't put us down to beat Watford. And I didn't put us down to beat... Um, who else the other one? Uh, the Derby, Watford. Uh, there's one other team as well that I didn't... Bournemouth, right? I didn't, have, I didn't have us down to beat any of those four teams. And I thought, oh. And then in the end of the day, what I came out with, I came out with us getting 89 points, I think it was. And I thought that was quite interesting. I threw, you know, I threw quite a few draws in there as well. We came out with eighty-nine points, and which would have put us quite firmly into second place according to all the stats out there. Okay, might, might not quite right. So that actually really surprised me because I thought that I was looking on a on a bit of a downside. The fact that I wasn't beating any of the opposition sides that we wanted to play, uh, we wanted to beat. Wasn't beating any of them, you know. You know, put you know some losses in there as well, and we actually kind of got the points that I I didn't think that we were going to get. So that was quite interesting. I mean, the Allard, you, your yours was uh, you were erring on the side of uh, caution, weren't you? Um, yeah, I think I come out with eighty-five points, don't I? But I am I am sort of basing it on us not getting ahead of steam, and I still think there's plenty of potential that we will. I'm I'm just I, I'm actually basing that on our current performance levels. Which you know, I think we can all agree aren't that great. Um, however, I, there is every chance we will turn the corner and we will have a six or seven game run where we'll play like we did at other points during this season and be virtually unbeatable. And, and you go into each game almost knowing you, you, you know, you're going to win or at least get a good result out of it. So I, I yeah, I, I'm erring on basically how we're playing at the moment. Um, I, but 85 points is still going to be right in there and then you just come down to the crux of the last couple of games we've got to play Watford haven't we still that game is going to be potentially absolutely crucial I think Watford have still got to play Norwich um, and they've still got to play uh, Swansea last game of the season so there's loads of games where things are going to flip you, you, for me you kind of although, it's, although people say oh, it would be good if Norwich just you know maybe just go on and, and, and win the league I think we need Watford to be playing Norwich when Norwich possibly need to win a game to actually maybe win the league or or whatever that game you do not want to be a dead rubber for Norwich it's almost like they're six pointers yeah you know it isn't it isn't as simple as as every team is going to win you know all their games because because they're going to play each other they're going to play other you know other good teams and and you just it exactly comes back to what we're saying I I think it's a really worthwhile exercise Bill though because 
because it does make you realise that actually you don't have to have an incredible run to end up with 89 points. And you'd be unlucky if somebody else, if two teams finish with more than 89 points. And that is the thing. And I said to you, if somebody goes off, if Swansea go off and win all their matches next season, you just got to put your hands up and say, fair play, fair play to you. And this is going to be a season which is not like any other season where you've got the second place team on top of kind of like 97 points and the winning team on 102 or something ridiculous and all the rest of us on 60, 71. But, you know, so that's the score. But, you know, that's quite interesting. Um, to, just to give you a little idea of where it was at with the, the folk that put their results in. So... 19% of people uh, pitted Brentford on 86 points, which is probably just about maybe second place. Maybe it's just just on the edge, depending on what else happens. You know, maybe it may or may not be. 19% also pitted us on 87 points, which will probably push us nearer to getting a second place finish as well. Uh, nine, 10%. Put us on 88 points, which is going closer to, to, to second place. 14% put us on 89 points, which is uh, interesting. So sort of people quite confident on 89. But what I thought was really interesting is like nearly a quarter, 24% put us on 91 points. So there's a rush of blood to the head. And they just thought, we're going to be absolutely potty for it. We're just going to sort of kind of get all sorts of fantastic results. So it's interesting. 25% of the people polled actually thought that we are going to get 91 points, which I think will quite clearly put us into second place. So uh, I thought that was quite interesting. Didn't you guys? Yeah, you say a bit of a, a, a rush of blood to the head, but, you know, Let's let's be honest. You know what what yesterday showed us is that we've got players coming back from injury. You know Norgard and Yenel played, which is kind of almost like the you know the, the talking point. Uh, you've got Marcondes that came on. You know, great to see him back. Although there's probably some that were booing him. Um, so we we are returning. Uh, Rico, you know, I hope he I hope we see him again this season. But I'm, I'm assuming assuming we don't. Uh, we we probably going to be in a position where we're a fully fit squad, you know. Um, so that means that that Thomas Frank can pick pretty much who he wants, you know. Whether we stick with Madsbeck as the left back or whether we go a little bit more wing back with an overlapping an overlapping full back, we'll, we'll, we'll see we'll see how it goes. I would imagine we we'll stick with. With how it is at the moment, we're slightly more functional, but we are equipped. We're 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 a better team than pretty much everyone else that we're playing all season. So, you know, assuming we don't make mistakes and and, and we 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 grab the the games by the scruff of the neck, the the points at the higher end probably aren't going to be. You know, there's no there's no need to to to, to be fearing that they 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 won't be far wrong. But if we, if we can get the games against Watford to go our way, then you know that's, that's a huge boost. Definitely. Is it fair to say, Bill, that my my eighty five points are are not very loyal, uh, based on everybody else's predictions? No, no. I think that you have to put, basically put down what you want to put down, uh, and you know because that's what it's all about. It's not about kind of like you know, you know, trying to get Brentford because you ain't going to get Brentford promoted by just putting down the highest figures possible. You just got to kind of go with your gut. And I actually went with my gut, and I actually thought. Oh, you, we're going to end up finishing fourth here because I had no idea. It wasn't totting it up as it went along. And then when I added it up, I thought, oh, blimey. So, you know, it's more than I thought. And like I said, Laney says to you, it actually makes you realise that, you know, like last season when we were losing games, 
um, or the games that we lost where we could have drawn and we were going out saying we got to this is a must-win game. That's what I'm saying about this whole must-win game thing. Sometimes it's not a must-win. Sometimes you just need to pick up a point here and there because that's actually going to just move you towards that, that, that finishing post. And here it is, you know, in my selection, I put, you know, quite a few draws where people have said, oh, that's not going to be a draw, but that's got to be a win. You know, Preston, I went, oh, we're going to draw against them, you know, and things like that. So uh, Derby, we're going to draw against them, you know, so things like that, because I just think, listen, we just need to be moving forward the whole time. Yes, we'll lose a few games, but as long as we're moving forward, overall, it's going to do the business. So it's made me feel a lot better towards, uh, you know, the bees this season and realising it, it looks like it definitely is going to go to the wire. And that Watford game, um, last home game of the season, is going to be a biggie, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, that, I, I'd, be, I'd be interested, and you probably can't tell me straight off at the moment, um, how many people had us down to win that, um, whether anyone had us down to lose it. Um, so, because I, I, I really think, to be honest, this is going to come down to that Watford game and it's going to come down to Bristol City away. And um, and and I'm almost most interested in how people felt those games were gonna were gonna fall. Sorry, I have to interject here. Bristol City or Brist- any game involving Bristol on the last game of the season. <laughs> I know what could possibly go wrong. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> it normally it normally ends up in relegation, doesn't it? So so just to let you know, <laughs> talking about that, the Watford game, uh, seventy eight uh, uh, seventy uh, over seventy five percent thought it was going to be a draw. Uh, 20% thought we'd win and 5% thought we'd lose for that one, which is interesting. Rotherham at home, 21, you know, 100% thought we were going to win that one. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> Bournemouth away, uh, 50% thought we were going to draw. F- oh, you know, well, 40, 48% thought we were going to draw. 40, 40% thought we were going to lose that game, Bournemouth away. And uh, yeah, and 10% thought we were going to win. So it just goes to show you, sort of kind of, I think people are being quite realistic in their results here as well. You know, Cardiff at home, you know, 66% thought we're going to draw, and um, 15% thought we're going to lose that game. You know what I'm saying? 20, uh, 20% thought we're going to win. Those 15%, Bill, we need to name them and get them off. Get them off of our <laughs> podcast. No, no but, place. Yeah. I'll, I'll get my coat. <laughs> The derby that's coming up, and we're going to talk about the derby game in a minute, but we're uh, 33% thought we're going to draw and uh, 66% thought we're going to win. You know, So again, it's just going to show you. So no one thinks we're going to lose, but not everyone is convinced that we're going to beat derby. So uh, it just gives you an idea. But what I'll say to people, just go out there, do it yourself. It'll make you feel so much uh, better. It's like very cathartic, as I say. And if you get it over to us as well, maybe I might actually be very, very lazy in writing articles recently, but maybe I might knock up an article before the derby game on Tuesday and throw all the results up here on that. And if you actually send it in to us and somehow maybe email it to us on the Twitter biog, it's got our email address just email it into us and we may include it in the in the article that I put up because it'd be really interesting to see what everybody's thought is on that. So can, anyway, they not, can they not send it over to you by hip, hypnotist thought waves? <laughs> they can do actually. Um, I, I, that one is actually on my next session. So uh, if they if they yeah, well maybe not this time but maybe oh, next you, time. You've had I'm, your jab. Yeah. They can send it by Bluetooth to your arm. <laughs> that's right actually I've been taking phone calls from my foot at the moment now but anyway listen we've got Derby <laughs> County we're going up to Derby on Tuesday night and we need to talk about that Derby team it is Wayne Rooney's Derby well and truly and we've got Justin Peach from the Second Tier Podcast who's going to give us the lowdown on Derby County I'm Justin Peach, co-host from the Second Tier Podcast. I'm also, as people will well know, I'm a long-suffering Derby County fan. 
Uh, I actually got my first season ticket way back in the 2002-2003 season under John Gregory. Uh, and obviously I've lived pretty much my whole Derby County life supporting a team that has been fighting administration, in takeover turmoil and being in a relegation battle pretty much 70% of the uh, of the last 20 years or so. But going on to this season, Derby's season has been up and down, perhaps mostly down actually. But for some strange reason, we've actually managed to pull off some decent wins against the likes of Norwich, Swansea and Bournemouth, keeping clean sheets in that time as well. Going on to going on to Rooney uh, and, the, and the sort of the shift in form, that definitely came from the manager change. Our start on Lukaku was was terrible. Rooney came in. Well, actually, no. The four interim managers came in: Rooney, Rossini, Given, and Justin Walker. Very bizarre. Uh, they all came in, and we weren't doing too well even at that point. But then the job was given to Rooney in the short term, and he just simplified things, and it's given us a fighting chance of staying in the league. What he's actually brought is defensive solidity, which, you know, coming from the record goal scorer for England and Manchester United, you wouldn't have expected it. But we've kept 10 clean sheets with him as manager, which I'm going to stick my neck out. I think it's more than Koku's whole tenure, which isn't a dig at Philip Koku. It just tells you where we were defensively. Not very good. He's uh, he's had well, he's, he's better than what we had before. Make no mistake. Um we were really poor under Koku at the start of this season. Very boring as well. We're still a little bit boring, and I'd I'd go as far as to far I'd go as far as to say is this is the worst Derby County side since probably Nigel Clough's first full season. You know, it's alienated a lot of supporters. Very 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 dull. And the ongoing issue, as we all know, as we all well know, is is chance creation. As as I mentioned, defensively we weren't even that bad under Koku. We weren't great, but we weren't bad. But I think we had single-digit shots on target in the first quarter of the season under him until he got sacked. We've become more efficient in front of goal. We're taking our chances. Colin Kazim Richards has been a revelation. I've, I've fallen in love with him. He's, he's, he's absolutely brilliant. But as this weekend shows against Millwall, we're still not good enough. We're still not consistent enough at creating chances. Against Cardiff, for example, we had 73% possession. Cardiff beat us 4-0. It's not about keeping the ball, it's about putting the ball in the net. And that goes on to the squad. The squad of players that we've got should be doing better. We've got Martin Waghorn, who cost the club £5 million. He's struggled this season. He's only got three goals, two of them are free kicks. Kamal Yozwiak got a lot of potential, but he only shows it every now and then. He's a, he's a, he's a player that can, I, I think, can excite crowds. I think a bit in the Sergio Canos mould, mold actually. He's got that um, bit, that bit about him, but goals and assists-wise, been lacking. Looking at the young players in the team, the obvious ones are Jason Knight. He will cover every blade of grass. His form has dipped of late, but he, he, teams need players like him. You know, water carriers, the the engine room, as they say. We've got Lee Buchanan at left back as well, who I think Rooney has said he will become an international standard left back in the future and it's hard to disagree he's he's, he's very good he's, he's you know as a, as a wing back he's obviously got the engine to get up and down he's very quick as well his crossing ability has improved tenfold this season defensively can get caught I think um, Ismail Assar showed that uh, when we played Watford but he's definitely got ability and potential he's only 20 years old then there's Louis Watson who's just starting to come in he was signed on a free at the start of the season. He's prepared to take risks. He's very tired on the ball. And there's potential that he might start against you guys on Tuesday night as well. 
But looking at the championship as a whole, it's not hard to be impressed with the likes of, of Barnsley. I've actually been irked by managers and players likening them to a long ball team. You know, when you think about long ball teams, you think about Bolton Wanderers under Sam Allardyce, any Sam Allardyce team actually. But the work they do off the ball is unbelievable. You rarely get an opportunity to play football in their half. That is not a long ball team. Uh, far from it. They might play a lot of long balls, but they put you on the back foot and it's absolutely terrifying to watch as an opposition supporter. And genuinely, it's nothing I've seen before at this level, mainly because it's, it's a busy championship. They have a plan in place as well. They rotate the forwards, utilise the five subs perfectly. There aren't many teams that do that as efficiently as them. A lot of teams should take note, actually. The other team to be impressed with is, is Norwich. They've been ruthless in their pursuit of the title, but one team that might be surprised by, by me saying it is Rotherham. I don't think Paul Warren gets enough credit for the work he's doing with that side, and I'm convinced, I'm absolutely convinced they'll stay up, even though their schedule, I mean, the schedule makes me wince just looking at it. And another team as well, Swansea, uh, which you guys might not like me saying. Swansea defensively have been another animal this season. They've recorded so many wins along with clean sheets. So, you know, you, you've got to give Steve Cooper credit for the work he's done. He's, he's been constantly losing his best players as well. And he's never really had the backing of the board financially. Uh, I've always said if they, if they give him five or six million pounds, bring two or three players in, they'll be a good side. Look at Ryan Bennett, for example. I think it was a free transfer, actually. No, no, yeah. Anyway, it was a good signing. Um, and just for the record, I don't think Swansea cheat. You guys might disagree with me, but I don't think Swansea cheat. I think they play a modern game. In my opinion, football as a football as a whole has progressed to allow certain things to happen in games. I think referees are, are blind to it now. I'm not. I'm in no way blaming them. They have a hard job, but if they turn a blind, if, if they turned a blind eye to it or wiser to it we'd avoid this whole debate. Um, so I actually think Swansea are pretty clever. They play a modern brand of, of football and it's not it's not the dark arts in the sense where, you know, Kevin Muscat, you know, there's, there's one of the players that comes to my mind when I think of that. You know, it's nothing like that. They're just quite clever in what they do. Um, but looking at the, the, their game against Luton, ref was having none of it, so perhaps officials are becoming a little bit more wise. Going on to the championship um, as a whole and the, and the race for promotion, I'll plug an article here because our writer, Theo Houston-Betts, put together a great framework for predicting the automatics. Um, Norwich are, are, are gone, they're up, let's be honest. They're, they've been ruthless and coming up against... Um, yeah, well, actually, yeah, they've, they've, been, they've been incredible. Um, Pukey and Buendia are obvious ones. Campwell's coming to form. They're getting better and better. So the race for second place is, is absolutely on because I don't think they're going to be caught. I do think Watford will edge it. It's perhaps a little bit of an easy choice because of what they are, but I think their experience, squad depth and quality will edge it for them. And they're peaking at the right time with performances. They are getting better. I think Brentford, I think you guys will just miss out. Um, but I do think it'll go down to the wire. Swansea's performances have dipped of late. I'm actually quite worried about them. They're, they're scraping the barrel in terms of creativity going forward. They don't create many chances. Luton were the better team in the lunchtime kickoff against them uh, on Saturday. I thought they were they were a much better side. But going into the playoffs, defensive teams tend to fare better in them. Simple as that. But looking forward to, to Derby's game against you guys on, on, on Tuesday I think 
Um, obviously, the reverse reverse game was was nil nil. You'd say it was a boring nil nil. I'm happy with a boring nil at this point. I'll take any point we can get and clean sheets. Um, but yeah, the reverse game. I actually thought Derby played very well. Um, it was the start of a good run of form for them. They were defensively organised, which I think is probably the best defensive performance of the season. Bar Norwich at the start of the season, where we won, we beat them uh, one nil at Cat Road. Ivan Tony. The, the division's best striker he didn't have a sniff um, and we kept the attacking group, group um, relatively quiet I mean other than you guys hitting the woodwork twice um, Marshall didn't have a save to make uh, the obvious standout players in that game were uh, Sergei Canos and Rico Henry down the left hand side I think any any time we can see it's going to be down our right um, Vitaly Janot as well just started to boss CDM the central, central defensive midfield position just started to boss that on his own and he ran the game uh, against us um, but going into going into the game on Tuesday we have to have the same defensive organisation I think Brentford are an easy team to frustrate if you play deep and disciplined enough so a result can definitely be grabbed looking at you guys though Tariq Fosso has hit form since January he's been incredible um, and well, I say incredible. Probably a little bit inconsistent, inconsistent at, at times, but that happens with wide players, wingers, mercurial talents. It happens with them. Um, and uh, actually, the big worry for me is um, Norgard's display against Blackburn because he showed his quality. He really did. He showed exactly what you guys have been missing on a consistent basis this season. Um, so they're the two I'm worried about. When you take out uh, Ivan Tony, Sergi Canos, and obviously Brian Embuemo as well. If I was to predict a scoreline, if we played deep and organised enough, I wouldn't be surprised at another nil-nil. That being said, I have little faith in Rooney getting his selection right at the moment. And if you score early, I do worry, but I won't sit on the fence. I will say it's a nil it'll be a nil-nil draw. I'll go with a nil-nil. I'll be buzzing with a nil-nil. So there you go, Justin Peach from the Second Tier Podcast in Derby County. He frustrates the hell out of him. It's almost like they get forward and it looks, and then I oh know they've gone back a few steps and they go forward again. Oh no, they've gone back a few steps. And Wayne Rooney's come in, and I think the interesting thing is that how much how much of a change has Wayne Rooney made? He's made obviously defensively they were a lot tighter when he first came in and not scoring but then you know has he got his players in has he got the team in there's meant to be new owners coming in so it may be a little bit difficult for him is he the right person is he not the right person is he just a bit of a stopgap oh I've got no idea all I know is that I want to beat Derby County on Tuesday because the points are important to us it's important to them but I think it's more I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest as far as I'm concerned they're more important to us isn't it lady yeah I can't keep my monkeys about Derby at all not, not at all <laughs> And, you know, the the job seemed to have been made for him. You know, he, he, post-Lampard, uh, Derby were, you know, were looking for that sort of big-name player, stroke player manager to come in, and they, they, they got their man. Um, he, he, he did have some sort of impact, didn't he? Let's, let's be honest with you. But the last, the last sort of, well, the last... He, the last game they won was was Huddersfield at home. That was that was back in the twenty third of February. They've had one, two, three, five games since, and they they've not won. Um, one of those was a derby match against Forest, which are kind of always a bit edgy. They got taken apart by Cardiff. Coventry beat them, which is never a good. They they had an okay result. Barnsley, who had been on fire, they got a draw there, and they they've lost uh, today um, at home to Millwall. So. 
so it isn't looking good but it's not looking bad for us I don't I, as I said you know this is, isn't being horrible I really couldn't care less about Derby um, at all this season or any other compared to us so we go there and they're not in great nick so that's that can only be good yeah you know I, I don't I don't I don't want to go there against a, 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 a Derby team with their tails up definitely not I mean the Allard look at Derby County okay this is what they're good at shooting from direct free kicks defending set pieces protecting the lead stealing the ball from the opposition but where they're weak defending against attacks down the wings defending against skillful players and finishing scoring chances their style of play they love to keep the ball possession football is their thing they love to play the offside trap and they do rotate the team a lot so again looking at that you know every time we play a team we say look there's opportunities for this but there's definitely opportunities there for us and especially now again their their form isn't great they've lost again at home to the wall I mean they did hit the crossbar and stuff but still you know and uh, they've got to play another game a few days later we've had an extra day's rest as well you know we played last night they played today you know okay we've got to travel up there there's some things there that makes me think come on we we might not we might even pip Billy's point here at Derby we might actually get three points what are you saying the Allard um I think that I, I to be honest I think when you're when you take over a um a losing team you that there are two jobs you have to do the first one is you have to stop them losing and Rain Rooney seemed to be able to do that um, we played them around that time I think we, we drew with them didn't we in the in the game we went to um and um, or not the game we went to, sorry, but the game some of us went to, um, and um, fans of the stadium game, yeah, yeah. And at that point, Derby were a hard team. You know, Rooney had turned them into a hard team to beat. But then he has to take them to another level where where they to get them to start winning games, and that appears to be where they've tripped up in the last couple of months. Um, they've also had. Um, uh, Bilic has came back, didn't he, from injury, and now he's injured again. And I think, I think from from everything I know about him, he's a highly rated player, and this and this has probably caused them trouble as well. So I really, we have to go and win. I, I, the pitch, I don't think, is great. Um, so I would imagine we're going to pretty much approach it the same way as we did against um, we did against Blackburn on Friday night. Yeah, we go, we go there and, and, and try and win. You know, to, to be honest with you, you know, looking at the league table and, and what's probably going to happen, you know, Derby uh, uh, they're going they're going to be all right. They're gonna, they're going to survive. You know, it's, it's Bur- Birmingham are the ones who, who lost three 0 at home today to, to Bristol City, which was probably the thing that put a bigger smile on my face this afternoon. Um, they're they're the ones that are in the battle. Rotherham have got four games on Birmingham. And there's three points there, so you know it's, Birmingham are in big, big doos there, uh, and there's you know from that there's still four or five points points that go to, to then when Derby is starting to get sucked into it. Thinking about you know they're, they're down those teams are down there because they don't pick up many points during the season. For them to go and get five points on another team, it, it takes a big turnaround. It's unlikely to happen. I think Derby will be all right. But they're a poor team overall, and we have to go there uh, sniffing blood, and we have to just go there and do whatever it takes to win. I think we will win. Oh, definitely. And just quickly, um, the 538 is coming, and things have changed yet again. Um, obviously, because of the Watford win, we were second last night, but it's changed again. And Norwich are at the top, 96 points they're predicted to get at the end of the season. Watford second with 86 points they're predicted to get at the end of the season. Brentford third. 
on 86 points as well. And then Swansea fourth on 85. So it's actually very, very tight between us. Barnsley fifth on 77, Reading sixth on 75 points and Bournemouth to miss out on 71 points. That's what you're looking at at the moment. It's so a very, very tight. And at the bottom, just as you're talking about that, and like I said to our Derby chums, Justin, them lot, they'll be very happy because Wickham, they're out of the picture there. They're predicted to be finished bottom on 36 points. Sheffield Wednesday to finish second bottom on 40 points. Birmingham to finish third bottom on 45. And then Rotherham to finish fourth bottom on 50. So a massive gap they're predicting between third bottom and fourth bottom. They reckon that their bottom three are nailed down. So listen, Derby County, we're going up there. Listen up, I love a draw, but if we can get a win, it'd be great. Score prediction, the Allard. Uh, Brentford to win 2-0. The Laney Man. Brentford to win 3-1. The Billy the Bee. Brentford to win 2-0. So there we go. We're feeling fit. <laughs> I've said we're going to win 2 0, even though I put down a little prediction streak. There's going to be one all. But, um, or did not one all. Mm. I thought it was going to be a draw. But, <laughs> a know, cheat. So contradict you utter oh, cheat. cheat. Oh, no. oh, see, there you go. Cheat. I just wanted to be right up the night. Cheat. 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 Am I AU in disguise? You know what's going to happen with this anyway. Bill's in control of this spreadsheet thing. So he will just update his predictions as the results come in. And they'll come out at the end of the season as the ultimate. So fraud as well oh, as cheating they, they, go. they, yeah. they all go hand in hand don't we they? demand we demand you we demand you publish your predictions oh, yeah. well, now I have offered to predict, uh, publish them you know if I, if I get time you know, the allies we'll, we'll, we'll do some sort of freedom of information that's yeah. right yeah. just, we'll just put, put it in I'll just send it to b at b.com and it'll get to me immediately so uh, but anyway listen this is the besotted pride of west London podcast. Good to chat to you Saturday afternoon. Very chilled. It's lovely, actually, not having any football to worry about so that you're not sitting here fretting on a Saturday night after having lost a game yet again, as we had last week and probably a few weeks before that as well. It's actually, we won a match, so it's all good. But we've got Derby. We're playing them on Tuesday, so we're back again. So it's like I said to you, it's a quick turnaround and we really do need to get results. So my name's Billy Grant. Make sure that all your mums out there makes men feel really good tomorrow because it's mums? Mother's Day on the oh, Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, it's Mother's Day on Sunday. Make sure that they feel um, great. John Terry's, John Terry, John Terry's no, mum. Other than John Terry, I'm sure it's John Terry's mum's birthday as well. Yeah, we should move forward. <laughs> Give him a big thumbs up. Thank you very much for all your support. We'll tell you about the Kofi on the next podcast and everything like that. But as we say, we're playing Derby on Tuesday and Wayne Rooney's coming down. And it was all about Wayne Rooney. So it's focus on Wayne Rooney, but it was all about the bees. And we come around the back and score the goal. Come on, you bees. Come on, you bees. Come on, you bees. Wayne Rooney Starvey. Did you watch that documentary on the uh, Big Cats the other day? Did you watch it? Yeah. 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 The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. 
Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.